Welcome to another episode of Ambleforth Manor, a 15-minute comedy drama series written by Patrick MacDonald. Episode 12, the Bond film finale. Ah, I can't believe how well we've done in the Olympics. Fourth in the medals table. How astonishing is that? Beat the Germans and the Ruskies. Although the Russians don't count, really, do they? Given they're all stuffed to the eyeballs on drugs and vodka. <laughs> also, Bulgaria win medals. Three is gold. Vivin rhythmic gymnastics. What on earth is rhythmic gymnastics? I know what that is. You and Olga practice it every night. Party? That's a terrible thing to say. No, it's not that. Is movement with ropes and clubs. I wonder what those screams were. Hardy, if you say another word, I swear I'll hit you myself. I watched the rhythmic gymnastics and it was wonderful. A bit like Strictly Come Dancing, but without Ruth Forsyth. I would hope so. He's been dead for four years. Although personally, I think he died decades ago. Well, that's not very nice either. Well, I thought it was a complete disaster, darling. Right up there with Anne Widdicombe. Oh, I also win Olympic medal myself in beach volleyballs. I didn't think they had beach volleyball in the 1936 Olympics. Oh, you very rude man. I win bronze in 96 Olympic. Was first time this was in Olympic. Other teams in skimpy bikinis. Olympic Committee insists on this. But when we wear them, we find. They said not right for marketing purposes. Ask us to wear burkini, black sack with balaclava for head. Can't move in sack, so Brazil win gold and silver. They hardly wear anything. Perhaps that's why they won. No, judges also Brazilian. Oh, Olga. You never cease to amaze me. What a wonderful woman you are. Is there no end to your talents? Oh, I show you later, my little soldier. Oh, must we wait? Can't I see your medals now? Oh, you naughty boy. Come with me and I'll show you all my medals. Well, that was quite nauseating. I honestly think after a certain age, People should be prevented from having sex. Oh, and what age did you have in mind, Hardy? Oh, I don't know, 60? It all starts to go downhill after that anyway, or so I'm told. My uncle used to say to me, don't get old. And I thought, well, thanks for that, as if I had a choice. Is that the best you can come up with? The accumulated wisdom of 70 years on this earth? Don't get old. Well done, you. Another ten years and you'll be telling us all that Corrie has more jokes than EastEnders and the best way to boil an egg is to poach it. Well, I have just the solution. Compulsory euthanasia for everyone over 60. That should solve the social care problem and also sort out NHS waiting lists. Well, I bet you'll be singing a different tune when you reach 60 yourself. I don't think so. 60 years should be more than enough. Anyway... What can you do after 60? After all, these people can hardly summon up the strength to change the TV channel to Hollyoaks. They're doomed to watch endless reruns of the Antiques Roadshow. 
Oh, Hardy, I really think you're a lost cause. You have no empathy with other people at all. That's not true. I'm very fond of Scarlett Johansson. I used to quite like Meg Ryan too, before I found out that she turned 60. Oh, Hardy, what are we going to do with you? James, have you seen my golf thingies? Golf thingies, my lord? Yes, my golf thingies. You mean your golf clubs? Yes, that's it, my golf clubs. Where are they? Oh, where they always are, my lord. In the trophy room. Well, I've looked there and I can't find them. Perhaps we should look together. Here they are, in the golf cabinet. How extraordinary. I'm sure I looked in there. Couldn't see them at all. I blame these wretched car tracks. Car tracks, my lord? Do you mean cataracts? Yes, that's what I said, cataracts. Quite, my lord. Oh, there you are. I have been looking all over for you, darling. Sorry, dear. I couldn't find my golf thingies. The colonel has said he'd like to play around with me. I do hope he's not very good. That would be terribly embarrassing, particularly as I own the golf course. I'm sure you'll be fine. It's this wretched wooden leg, which is the problem. I thought it was my driver last time and I tried to tee off with it. Fell over and the ball hit me on the nose. Most embarrassing. Take James with you as caddy. Uh, I'm sure he'll look after you and make sure you use the right club. What is your handicap now? Eleven. This damn leg. I'd be much better if it wasn't for that. I would be delighted to join you, my lord. I used to be handy once. Of course, that was before I hit 60 and everything fell apart. There you all are. I've been looking all over for you. I have the most exciting news. I've been given another line in the film. Well, I hope they're paying you for all of this. What have they given you? Well, you know at the end of the film I say, look out, it's going to crash. Well, then after the crash, I run up to the remains of the helicopter, peer inside and shout, they're dead. Who's dead? The person left in the helicopter. But I thought you told us that James Bond rescued them with the winch before it crashed. Well, that's the thing. He didn't rescue both people in the helicopter. Just one, you see. And you can't tell who that is because it's shot at a distance. So one of them died? Yes. And I get pointed out. How exciting is that? But what about all the other people who've died? Well, they don't count, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, I've been told not to say anything about them. So, let me get this right. You have to clamber over all these dead bodies, which you ignore, to get to the helicopter to tell everyone who are too dead to notice or care that whoever is in the helicopter is dead. Yes. Right. Well, that's uh, certainly credible. And uh, what happens to Mr. Bond in all of this? 
he sails off into the sunset with this beautiful blonde on his arm, who just happens to have lost most of her clothes in the explosion. And I imagine he's fully dressed because it wouldn't do for James Bond to be wandering around in rags at the end of the film with his hair ruffled. Oh, Mama, you're so perceptive. No, he's wearing a white tuxedo with a crisp bow tie. Of course he is. So that's marvellous then. A triumph of realism. <laughs> and it gets even better. Before he gets onto the boat, he comes over to me so he can peer into the helicopter himself. Then he turns and smiles and pats me gently on the bottom. Let me get this right. You end the film with Bond filling you up? Yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? Because it means everyone will remember me. What? As the girl touched up by Bond? Oh, Mama, you mustn't be so literal. It's a show of affection. Really? It looks like misogynist nonsense to me. He did it in Goldfinger and nobody complained then. And nobody was complaining about Jimmy Savile then either. <laughs> uh, not entirely true, dear. I never liked his hair. Very scruffy man, I thought. And he also wore the most terrible clothes. What is wrong with you all? Has the woke revolution and the Me Too movement been entirely lost on you? I never understood any of it, I'm afraid. I'm just disappointed they no longer do reruns of Till Death Does Do Part. I certainly agree with you there, Lord Bossom. Warren Mitchell was a wonderful actor. But that was both sexist and racist. He cut his wife a silly move. Well, she was, dear. Definitely missing a few shingles on the roof. And then, there's on the buses. They won't show that now either. I love Blakey. I hate you, Butler. <laughs> Hilarious. But that was misogynistic as well. Blakey's poor wife, Olive. Oh, she was good too. The look she used to give her husband. Oh, this is insufferable. Juliet, come to my rescue. You must agree with me on this. But I don't know any of these people, Mama. I wasn't around in the 70s. Was Blakey the man who fell through the bar in the pub? I remember watching that with Papa. God, no. That was Del Boy in Fools and Horses. Now they do still show that. Mind you, I think there would be riots in the streets if they took that off the box. The BBC would lose its licence. Oh, this is impossible. You're all misogynists. But I'm not a mis mis misogyny, mahogany. Oh, I can't say the wretched word. What does it mean anyway? It means someone who hates women, my lord. But I adore women. Absolutely love them. Surely you can't be accusing James and I of hating you all. No, I I'm not. I am just saying... Well, that's all right then. James, did you remember to get some more port? I think I've finished the last lot. Mmm, this is marvellous. 
What could be better than relaxing in the sun with a with a cold bear by your side in the midst of the English countryside? Ooh, you must be careful, Daddy. You don't want to get sunburned. The weather forecast said the UV levels are quite high today. Did you want me to rub some sun cream on your back? No, no, no. no uh, that's very kind of you, Laurel, but uh, Olga did that earlier. At least I, I think it was uh, sun cream. <laughs> there you are. I've been looking all over for you, Dad. What's this about you doing a round of golf with Lord Bossom? Ah, yes. Bossom rang me yesterday. <clears throat> Suggested we did a round. He has his own golf course, you know. But you can't play golf. But it can't be that difficult. It, 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 it's just hitting a ball into some holes, isn't it? I've watched it on the telly box. All looks very straightforward to me. Golf is not a simple game. To play it properly, you need hundreds of hours of practice. I had a dozen coaching lessons before I ventured out on the full course. Nonsense! I've, I've, I've seen that, uh, that Tiger Woods fellow do it. You just swing the stick and that's it. Well, had a bit of putting at the end, but well, that should be okay. Not very different to croquet, really. Well, at least let me give you some lessons so you don't look a complete idiot when you play him. <sighs> oh, all right. But it all seems completely unnecessary to me. I mean, just look at Fred. He's overweight and shuffles around on that wooden leg of his. Can't be much good, can he? Well, you're not exactly twiggy, are you? And having a wooden leg has no bearing on how good you are at golf. <laughs> well, it should certainly slow him down, though, going round the course. I'll have finished before he's done the first hole. <laughs> Must get extra points for that, surely. Speed and all. <laughs> Speed has nothing to do with the game. And you don't get extra points in golf. It's all to do with the number of strokes you need to get round. So what's your handicap, Hardy? I play off 13. Oh, is that good? Sounds a bit unlucky to me. What it means, Laurel, is that I'm exceptionally good golfer. Oh, um, by the way, I uh, meant to say earlier, but uh, completely forgot. Olga's said she'll play as well. What? Olga's playing? Yes, of course. Apparently, she she, she was uh, very good. She used to play a lot when she was doing military service, you know. I never seem to be amazed at the number of things she claims to be good at. Driving a tank, flying a helicopter. The only problem is that when she does do them, she's not only hopeless, but extremely dangerous. Ah, nonsense. She only pretends to be bad at them. She's supposed to crash the helicopter, you see. But as for the tank, well... No, don't tell me. She deliberately blew up parts of the golf course and fully intended to wreck Lord Bossom's maze. Oh, no, no. You, you don't understand. That wasn't her fault. She said that tank was far inferior to the Bulgarian and Russian ones she's been used to. Very poor steering, you see, and the guns weren't sighted properly. Oh, I give up. Well, at the very least, I insist on giving you some lessons before you play. No, I don't need any lessons off you, thank you. Uh, my Olga will teach me. But, Daddy, I really think Hardy might have a point. I'm not at all sure she's the right person to teach you. No, I have made up my mind. 
Olga's the one for me. Oh, Daddy. The Colonel was played by Ben West. Olga, Jackie Tevlin. Laurel, Jackie Powell. Hardy, Stuart Nunn. Lord Bossom, Mark Sherry. Lady Bossom, Lynn Perryman. Juliet, Amelia Billington. And James, Patrick Ruddy. Post-production, Sue Rodwell-Smith. Sounds, Wavelength Sound Library, and freesound.org. The excerpt from Mozart's Horror Concerto was played by the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. Produced and directed by Sue Rodwell-Smith, Ambleforth Manor was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntington, Cambridgeshire. And that was Paul Dacker's having some fun with the end credits. This is Sue Rodwell-Smith. I do hope you enjoyed the first series of Ambleforth Manor and I very much look forward to receiving the first script for the second series from Patrick MacDonald. The cast and myself thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you in November for the start of the second series.